What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Joe and Joey Show. I'm your host, Joey. And I'm Joe. And if you're new to our show, thank you for giving us a listen. And just a quick runaround, the way our show works is we have three topics each episode. Usually, the first two will be about sports, and the last one will be about current events. And as always, if you want to watch the video version of our show, you can watch us on our YouTube channel at The Joe and Joey Show. And where else can they find us? Find us on iTunes and Instagram. Alrighty, perfect. We're going to get right into the show, guys. So topic number one, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. And we're going to start with the Miami Heat defeating the Milwaukee Bucks in five games. Jimmy Butler was a stud in that series, and the Milwaukee Bucks pretty much folded. They didn't show out in that series. They were favored to win the championship, and they did not get it done. So their season was a failure. So, Joe... Give me your thoughts on the series. Did you see the Miami Heat winning in five games? I know you're a Heat fan, so give me your thoughts on the series. I'm honestly a little surprised about the outcome of this series. Yeah, um, definitely. Heat were the number one seed last year, so it's basically the same team. So we knew they had potential. I know you called it on the pod a couple weeks ago that they could make some noise in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see them beating the Bucks in five games. Obviously, the injury to Giannis was a big help. Mm-hmm. I think if he was healthy, it probably would have been a different outcome. Mm-hmm. But you can't fault the Heat for for playing their cards right and, and winning the series. You know, I don't know about that, though. I don't know if the series would have been different. Um, I think the big um, X factor in the series is that the Heat are making threes, right? They weren't making threes in the regular season, and now in the playoffs, they reverted to the team they were last, last year, year when they made all those threes. So I don't know if that's necessarily true because we have receipts in the past that— you know, the Heat was the first team to build the wall against Giannis, and we were the first team to really expose the Milwaukee Bucks and have the blueprint on how to beat them. So I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think Jimmy Butler was playing out of his mind. I don't think he was going to be denied in that series. And honestly, he was giving that work to Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, you know, stout defenders, and they couldn't handle him. And he was letting them know about it, too. He was talking trash to them. He was letting him know about it. It's so crazy. Playoff Jimmy Butler is definitely a thing. He's a top five player. He's in the a league. top five player in the league. He goes from averaging like 20, 22 points a game to averaging like 30, Close. 32. He's averaging almost 40 right now. And versus Milwaukee, he was averaging 40. I mean, he scored, what, 56 in that one playoff 56, game? 56, 42, yeah. like just off the charts production. Yeah, Jimmy. visions of prime Dwayne Wade out there, huh? I mean, that was something to see. I mean, that one playoff game, I forget, I think it was game four. Was it game four or game three? Um, that Jimmy had the historic performance. 56. I think it was game four in Miami. Yeah, I mean, that was insane. You know what? It was game four because Oladipo got hurt in game three. It was game four. Yep. I mean, that was visions of like Dwayne Wade and that was the best playoff game I've ever seen. And we lived through the LeBron James days where LeBron James had 50-something against the Boston Celtics when we were down, uh, was it three games to two, and we were in the Celtics' house. I think that Jimmy Butler performance was even better. And all those Wade performances in 06 against Dallas as well. Yeah, that was something to see. I mean, playoff Jimmy Butler, when you get that version of Jimmy Butler, you get a version that's top five, arguably. I mean, that Jimmy Butler, I'm taking over Jason Tatum. I'm taking over, I mean, who are comparable guys? Jalen Brown. I'm taking him over Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. I'm taking him over James Harden. Yeah, Kawhi, Paul George. I mean, those guys are hurt all the time anyway, so. I mean, playoff Kawhi is like something to see also. I mean, that would be a good argument. 
But yeah, especially in this year's playoffs, Jimmy Butler, he's the man. Yeah, Jim, Jimmy's special because, you know, he's he's a legitimate six foot seven. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the picture of him standing next to Kawhi, um, you know, in a little digital thing or whatever, but he's legit six seven, long arms. He's always been a great defender going back yep. to his days in Chicago. But even Thibodeau said it today. I didn't know Jimmy Butler was going to turn into this Jimmy Butler who can take over the game offensively. Mm-hmm. And the big difference in the playoffs with Jimmy is he starts take, taking and making three-pointers. Mm-hmm. And so is the whole team. Like Gabe Vincent shooting over 50%. Duncan Robinson shooting like 80% from three, which is mm-hmm. insane. Yep. So it's, like you said, it's it's the three-point shooting and protecting the paint. Um, number one in the NBA in points in the paint defense, Miami Heat. Yep, the Miami Heat are definitely a scary dark horse team. And I think, you know, we just watched game one. First, the Knicks. I mean, we both have the Miami Heat beating the Knicks. I have them in six. I don't know what you have them in. Probably something similar to that. Yep. But the Knicks felt it in full force. I mean, Jimmy Butler, he had a good game, but he had, like, sprained his ankle with, like, six minutes left, and the Knicks still couldn't do anything about it. We're down Tyler Hero. We're down Oladipo. And we're still getting it done. You know, the Miami Heat, they definitely flipped the switch. So I see the Heat definitely beating the Knicks. I think their floor right now is Eastern Conference Finals. Their ceiling, honestly, if they're playing like this, they can win the championship if they're making these threes. Yeah, I agree. Yep. What do you see for the Milwaukee Bucks and their future? I know they were favored to win the championship this year, according to Vegas. If you were the Bucks owner and general manager, would you run it back with the exact same team? Would you make a coaching change? How would you go about um, the Milwaukee Bucks if you were running the show? That's difficult. Um, it came out after the series that Coach Bud, um, his brother, passed away in a car accident in the middle of the series. That's and, tough. And didn't even tell anybody about it until it was over. Um, that might have affected him coaching also. Absolutely. Because he was missing a lot of like key timeouts. timeouts. He wasn't like double-teaming Jimmy Butler at all. Maybe his head wasn't in it at all. Yeah, he, and he's a championship coach. He He won their first championship with them. I'd keep him around one more year and just run it back, probably with the same team. They did win the championship with them, right, in 21? So Yeah, the year after COVID, I think it was after mm-hmm. the bubble when all the fans started to come back. Mm-hmm. So I'd run it back. I'd, I'd try and get some role players. It's hard to get good players to come to Milwaukee because, you know, nobody wants to live in Milwaukee over Miami or L.A., somewhere like that. But I think I think they should keep their core like Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. But they need to upgrade guys like, I mean, Grayson Allen, He's a, he's a good bench player, but they need another starter, I think. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think we saw Milwaukee revert back to when the Heat beat them in the bubble. Can't make shots, can't make free throws. Mm-hmm. Giannis is looked, not scared, but unconfident. He wasn't confident in those yeah, games. Yeah, he's a player that plays bully ball, and you know he had hurt his, his, tailbone, his tailbone, his coxus sacrum area. So, you know... That probably affected him a little bit, but he was still putting like triple doubles out there yeah. in the playoffs. So, I mean, we'll see. If I was that uh, general manager, I'd probably, and the owner, I'd probably run it back again. I mean, that team's proven they could win the championship. They were favored in Vegas. So everybody can have a bad series, right? Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the next uh, matchup that happened, right? The Celtics and the Hawks. That series ended in six games. The Celtics were victorious. Um is that how you saw the Celtics and Hawks series playing out? Did you see the Celtics winning in six or less? How did you see that series? Yeah, I, 
I predicted about six or seven for the mm-hmm. Celtics. Um, Atlanta showed in the playing tournament that they can score. They can run up some points with Trey Young's doing what he did. Um, game five in Boston, Boston's ready to close it out. They're up by like 12 points with four minutes left, and Trey Young goes on an insane run mm-hmm. and hits a game-winning shot from like 30 feet. That was really impressive. If I'm the Hawks, I'm keeping this team together. That's a good young core. Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, uh, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, Capella. That's a that's a serviceable starting five. You got Bagdanovich off the bench, guys like that. I think they're like one good player away. Yeah, they're a star player away. So I, I'd keep them in check, um, try and get a star. And then Boston, they they look like they haven't missed a beat since last year. Yeah, I thought Boston was going to do a little bit better. I wasn't too impressed with them versus the Hawks. I know the Hawks have a good team. Like, all their players are pretty solid. They don't really have any superstar players. I would say Trey Young's a star, but is he a superstar? No, not not every night he's not right. a star. I don't think he's like a superstar in the sense that, like, he can be the number one player on a team to win the championship. I think right. he's a very good player, number two option to win the championship. I think you need someone else that's above Trey Young to win the championship. So I would keep the team, try to improve through the draft, maybe sign a marquee free agent if I was the Hawks. As far as the Celtics, I wasn't too impressed. I do think when they play the Sixers in the second round, right now I would probably favor them over the Sixers just because Joel Embiid was injured. If Joel Embiid was healthy, I'd probably lean towards the Sixers because I don't think Boston is at the same level they were last year. But I wasn't too impressed. But I think they're getting a break with Joel Embiid being hurt in the second round. So maybe they could prove me wrong. So we'll see. Who do you got in that series? Boston in six or seven? Maybe five? Depending on Joel? It's tough. It all depends on Joel Embiid. Like I was saying, if Joel Embiid was playing, I would take the Sixers to win in like seven games. But he's not playing. So I'll probably take Boston in six. Yeah. Right now. That's just a shame. With Joel Embiid. Yeah, injuries have kind of ruined the playoffs this year. I mean, Kawhi was out. Mm-hmm. Tyler Hero's out. Um, Paul George was out. Mm-hmm. The list goes on and on. Star players not right. not playing in the playoffs. Oladipo is heartbreaking to see that. You know, he's a good guy. Miami Heat guy, so. Yep. But moving on to the next series, right? It was the Sixers and Nets. There's not much to talk about here. The Nets, their whole team got traded, and they were lucky to even make the playoffs. The Sixers... Did what they were supposed to do, sweep, right? But Joel Embiid got hurt, so that's kind of a bummer. So, I mean, anything you want to say about that series? Nothing much, right? No, not much. All right, so let's move on to the Cavs and Knicks. I saw this coming a mile away. I knew the Knicks were going to beat the Cavs. I thought they were going to do it in six games. I didn't see them smacking the Cavs in five-game gentleman sweep. When I looked at the Cavaliers roster... They only have two players that can score the basketball. Like, their next two players after Garland and Mitchell are rim defender guys. They can't score the ball. So, and I knew the Knicks, their guards, they could definitely handle uh, Mitchell and Garland because the Knicks can throw four or five guards at you, and they're big too. They're bigger than Garland and Mitchell. So, and I saw that series going exactly how it went. I knew the Knicks were going to win that series. I know you were a little surprised. You thought the Cavs were probably going to win. So give me your thoughts on that series. Yeah, I, I may have, and maybe Donovan Mitchell just had a bad series, but maybe I had Donovan Mitchell rated a little higher than he should be mm-hmm. because I thought his playoff experience with Utah the past couple of years, 
was going to be able to propel them over the Knicks because the Knicks don't really have much playoff experience. And it's their first year kind of playing together. Jalen Brunson came over from Dallas mm-hmm. last year. Um, was a big loss for Dallas. Now everybody's seeing that. But and you said it perfectly. Cleveland's top heavy. You know, they have four four decent NBA players, and then the bench, there's just a huge drop off. There's no bench. When the Knicks, they have the one of the best six men of the year, Emmanuel Quickly. Um, and they have Derrick Rose and Fournier that don't even play. That's how good their guards are. So veteran guards that yeah. could play on most teams aren't even playing there, mentoring the guards there. Um, Obi Toppin had a nice game today. He he was in the starting lineup for Randall, but he's a, a serviceable wing, you know, defender and player mm-hmm. on that team. So they the Knicks are impressive. They're obviously probably another star away. Maybe mm-hmm. try and move Julius Randall and try and get somebody a little bit better. But it was surprising. I thought the Cavs were gonna we're going to handle the Knicks. Yeah, as far as the Cavs' future, I think the Cleveland Cavaliers, they need a, a great small forward and definitely depth. They spent a lot to get Donovan Mitchell, and that kind of like blew up their bench. They need another wing that can score the basketball, and they need more depth. So I would keep the core guys that they have right now, interchange some parts on the side. So that's what I would do if I was Cleveland. Yeah, and I didn't agree with releasing Kevin Love either. Like, you know, why why release Kevin Love and let somebody like the Miami Heat pick him up and now he's playing great for the Heat. Yeah, he so is. So obviously he's not gonna move the needle. He's not gonna win you that series versus New York, but it gives you more veteran depth on the bench. But the NBA is so hard, man. Like there's only ten elite players in the NBA mm-hmm. and they're locked up on their teams. You're not gonna just pull one of those ten. So it's difficult. Yep. So shout out to the Knicks for beating the Cavs. You got my prediction right. So I thank you guys for that. However, I see the Knicks season coming to an end with the Miami Heat, like we talked about earlier. Six games at most, especially with Julius Randle being compromised. I know Jimmy Butler hurt his ankle, but he was able to finish the game, so it just showed it wasn't that serious. You're going to shoot him up with steroids or whatever they shoot him up with. Painkillers. Painkillers. The Miami Heat might even they might even take a game. Punt it. Or punt it versus game two. Uh, versus the Knicks, they might just say, Jimmy, just rest and... Let's take care of games three and four at home. So I got the Miami Heat winning at six. And then right now, as it looks, I probably I'm probably gonna say Boston. So we're probably gonna have a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals last year, Boston and the Heat. Is that how you see it going? Yeah, that's how I see it going. Um again, Embiid is hurt. He's got a sprained knee, I believe. And they're saying he's gonna play in a knee brace if he does play. Um, so he's gonna be compromised. Um Boston, they're they're a tricky team because they, they've kind of underperformed, I guess, but I still can see them giving the Heat trouble because they're big and yep. we're, we're not very big. It's a bad matchup for the Heat, I think. Yeah, I like starting Kevin Love. He, I mean, he's obviously not a high flyer or anything, but he's a big body that can... Big body guy, shoot threes. Shoot threes, box you out, and rebound. And those outlets he'd be throwing are crazy. Yeah, the best outlet passer ever, Kevin Love. Um, yes, sir. But it, it's, it's a tough matchup. Robert Williams... He was supposed to come back off surgery from that last year's series and be a lot better, but he hasn't really looked like, you know, he's going to be much more than he is already. So it's going to be close. Yep, we'll see what happens. So let's move on to the Western Conference now. The Denver Nuggets and Timberwolves series. We'll start with that first. They took care of the T-Wolves in five games. I thought the Denver was going to sweep them. You know, the Timberwolves stole one game. Whatever, Denver still looks good to me, right? 
Yeah, not, not much really to say here either. I have Denver coming out of the West this year, like I said on the previous pod. Um, Minnesota, Anthony Edwards, Carl Towns, they gave up way too much to get Gobert. They gave up like five first-round picks. I don't, I don't think that was a good move at all. That was a horrible move. Horrible move. Um, they got rid of D'Angelo Russell for and a really old Mike Conley. So it's like I didn't like the moves that the general manager made last year and this year, but... Not much to say about them. The only thing that interests me there is if they're going to keep Carl Towns and if Anthony Edwards is going to resign there. Yeah, I think Timberwolves are in a tricky situation, right? I think the general manager was banking on Anthony Edwards taking the next step, and I don't think he did that this year. And I also think Carl Towns regressed a little bit. So Anthony Edwards didn't take that step, and Carl Towns regressed a little bit, which that's not good. Uh, Carl Towns is like, he's like only shoots threes now. Like why, why is he doing that? And I know he said he wanted to be the best three point big man shooter of all time, which dude, you got to get down low, bro. Like when you go down low, you're unstoppable. I mean, shoot threes every once in a while, like Embiid, but play in the post, man, you can dominate down there, but they haven't played a weird role. Like he's shooting threes and they have go bear down low. It's the spacing's all messed up. It's just a weird mix. And I don't think Anthony Edwards, he took that next step. His averages were close to how they were uh, the year prior. So I team's in a tough situation. Mike Conley's old. That was a bat. They traded four first round picks for Rudy Gobert. That's going to hurt that team. Yep. So they're in a tough situation. If I was them, I might look to ship Carl Anthony Towns somewhere and see what I can get back for him. Or trade Rudy Gobert. I mean, I know you gave four first-round picks, but you can't have both of those guys on the court at the same time. Nope. I agree. So I would trade one of them. Because Rudy Gobert, he's a good rim defender, but he's not a good one-on-one defender. So you'll see him get like switched in the pick-and-roll, and they'll just eat his lunch like a guard will just take him off the dribble and score at will. So Rudy Gobert is severely overrated, in my opinion. Carl Towns is not the player he used to be like two years ago. I think he's regressing. So, I mean, we'll see. That team's in a tough situation. I wouldn't want to be the GM there. Yeah, but, and then Denver, on the other hand, they haven't missed a beat. Um, Jokic averaging a triple-double, MVP caliber season. Jamal Murray is finally back healthy after like two years. He's, a, he's an all-pro point guard when healthy. Aaron Gordon... KCP, Michael Porter, that's a really good starting five. And then they have a bench, too, a really deep bench. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like them as the favorite in the West right now. They're playing the Suns already in the second round. We already saw game one. And I just think Denver's going to be the team to beat. Yeah, that series is going to be close. I don't really know who's going to win. I would probably lean Denver right now just because the Suns haven't played together. They have don't really have any continuity, and they have no bench. Yeah. And I think... I don't think DeAndre Ayton can handle Jokic down low. They have good wings, good guards. I mean, they don't really have like a weakness. So I'd probably favor Denver in that series, six or seven games, I would say. Yeah. You want to jump right into that series or you want to kind of talk about the Clippers and Suns and everything that went on with the Clippers? Let's move on to, um, we'll get to that, but let's move on to the Lakers and Grizzlies series. Okay. The Lakers ended up destroying the Grizzlies. I mean, the Grizzlies are... A bunch of clowns, man. That's clowns. a clown show over there, w- led by John Moran and Dylan Brooks. You know, the Lakers, we both had the Lakers winning in six from the star power alone and the maturity factor. And with the trades the general manager made, the Lakers team is on fire now. All the pieces fit. 
It's kind of like the team they had in the championship. The only difference is LeBron's a little older, but it's pretty much the same team, same parts. I like the Lakers. I mean, we like the Lakers to beat the Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies, I don't. If I was the general manager on that team, I'm not bringing Dylan Brooks back. Mm-mm. I think you really need to have a serious talk with John Morant in the offseason. Be like, dude, you're the leader of this team. We paid you all this money. You got to set the tone. You can't be on TikTok before the game. You can't be saying reckless shit like you're a dynasty. You haven't done anything. Yeah. So give me your thoughts on the Grizzlies and what you think they should do moving forward. And doing reckless shit, you know, with the waving firearms around on Instagram Live in a nightclub. That's just not what you want from your star player. I understand that athletes might not necessarily have to be role models, but you don't want them doing stuff like that. It just shows that they weren't focused on that team. There's no leadership on that team. I think you have to consider as good as the head coach has been, like record-wise, you may have to move the head coach and get somebody that's going to install some discipline on that team. Or or just find a player that's going to come in and be like, hey, this is a guy like Jimmy Butler. Obviously, we're not going to give him up, but a guy that's going to hold everybody accountable. We're going to win games, take care of our bodies. We're not going to, you know put ourselves in situations that can get us suspended from the league, which, you know, they dodged a bullet. So I think the Memphis Grizzlies, they have pure talent and John Moran and Jaron Jackson, and they have a good young core and those two guys, but you need to try and bring some veterans in around them to kind of take control of that franchise. Yeah, definitely. I'd probably move on from the head coach and see if I can get like an authoritarian figure in there, like a Thibodeau. Or somebody like that that's going to install like discipline in that team and it's not going to take any shit from a bunch of kids. That's right. how I see it. But let's move on to the next series. And we just watched this game happen. The Warriors defeat the Kings in seven games. You know, I thought the Warriors were going to win in six. But they ended up winning in seven. And Steph Curry had 50 points in game seven. Looked like the Warriors of old. At least Steph Curry did. Klay Thompson struggled a little bit. It just showed in Game 7 that the the experience factor for the Kings, you know, it was a, the spotlight was a little bit too much for them. So congrats to the Warriors. They're going to play the Lakers in the second round. So if you're the Sacramento Kings, how do you approach next season? Tell me your thoughts on that. Oh, I'm super thrilled about the outcome of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, Sacramento, I like their roster. Um, Sabonis was a, was a good move for them. I don't want to say he's... He, you know, like he's not going to move the needle. He's not going to bring them to a championship, but he's a solid, maybe third player on a championship solid team. Solid big, yeah. Garen Fox is a probably a second player on a championship team. Is Sacramento going to draw a, a big fish, a whale? Probably not in that market. I mean, I know it's California, but it's not a, a big team name. So I think you got to just try and keep that roster together as best you can. Maybe upgrade Harrison Barnes, find somebody else that can yeah, be a, a little bit better. Start Keegan Murray, maybe start Malik Monk, and then build the bench out. Yep. But I think it was a really successful season for them. I think they they gave a Warriors or gave the Warriors a run for their money because of their head coach Mike Brown coming over from the Warriors championship team last year as an assistant. So I think that's why they kind of took him to seven, like we saw. But it was a good season for them. I, they surprised me for sure. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you. If I'm the GM and the owner of the Sacramento Kings, I'd be thrilled. I mean, you saw a lot of progression. A lot of great signings were made, right, with Malik Monk, Kevin Herter, trading for Sabonis. I mean, that's like GM of the year. 
right? And then bringing in Mike Brown. Like, Mike Brown, he really turned that team around. Um, Former LeBron James head coach, Mike Brown. Yep. He showed that he's a really good coach in this league as well. De'Aaron Fox progress. You know, I really like the direction that team's going. If I was them, the only thing I would do is probably move Harrison Barnes. He's getting on the older side. Try to bring in somebody to replace him. Maybe another veteran that's more experienced. So good on them. I think the, you know, the Kings have a bright future, definitely. So we're going to move on to the last uh, series that happened in the Western Conference, the Clippers and the Suns. The Suns took care of the Clippers in five games, won the series 4-1. That series was just a disappointment because there was no Kawhi Leonard and Paul Paul George. George. And, you know, the Clippers won game one because Kawhi Leonard had a great game. Who's to say if they didn't have him for the rest of the series, they would have won, right? I think if they would have had him and Paul George, they definitely would have beat the Suns. So if you're the Clippers, right, you're Steve Ballmer, what are you doing with that team? Because that team's a mess right now. What are you doing? It's really difficult because they've they've basically threw all their chips on the table already with this team. You know, they got rid of Shea Gilgis-Alexander for Paul George and like three or four first-round picks. So you they definitely lost that trade, right? Because... Shea had a better year, and he's way younger. Just Paul George is always hurt now. Yeah, and he's old, and Shea was young, and and now you've gave up your whole future for a guy that's that's injury prone. And then the same thing with Kawhi. You know, people are saying he should retire now because he can't even finish a season, and he's getting season-ending surgery in the middle of the playoffs, and it just looks bad because, you know, Kawhi he finished game one, mm-hmm. and he looked healthy. And then he comes off game, and then just out of nowhere, game two, oh, he's out for the season. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, I, that team's in a tough situation. They pretty much, you know, bet their whole future on Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They gambled big time, got rid of a lot of their future assets, and it didn't pan out. So, you know, they risked it all to win the championship, and, you know, it didn't come to fruition. So that team's in a tough spot, so... They have to make a move. They have to get rid of Paul George, I think, and then kind of slowly push Kawhi out the door somehow and and free up some salary cap and rebuild. I mean, I would try to unload Kawhi Leonard as crazy as that sounds. He's just unreliable. When he plays, he's one of the best players in the NBA, but he load managed the entire year, and then he plays one game in the playoffs? It's it's mind-boggling. That's insane. Even the last two years, he couldn't play in the playoffs. Yeah, and I want to throw something in real quick because I've I've been seeing this on the internet a lot lately. A lot of these guys with their with these knee injuries and leg injuries, you know, they're playing all this AAU basketball ten games a day, and by the time they get to the NBA, they're like they have the legs of like a fifty year old man. Yep. So I think that's that's what we're seeing with a lot of guys. Oladipo had left knee tendonitis the whole year. You know, they kind of fa- saved him for the playoffs, and then he blows that knee out in the in the playoffs. So it's tough. Those guys with Kyle Lowry has the same thing. I think he's got knee tendonitis as well. So those guys that you see are on load management because of their knees, you have to try and move them, even if you have to give up you know, a future asset to move them because the NBA is all about youth now. Yep. So moving on to the second round, I think right now we're both pretty clear that Denver is going to beat the Suns. just depends on how many games. Yep. As far as the Lakers versus the Warriors... I would probably slightly favor the Warriors right now. Uh, And, you know, 
the thing I just noticed, right, the Warriors are going to have home court advantage too. So they were one of the best home teams in the NBA this year. They had like one of the best records. Their away record was horrible. I think that's what hurt them a little bit against Sacramento, which is why it took them seven games. They're going to have home field versus the Lakers. So I'd probably favor the Warriors six, seven games. I don't think LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to go out without winning at least two or three games. How do you see the series going? Honestly, if I had to pick just at the top of my head, not really doing any research on statistics, I'd probably lean towards the Warriors right now just because they won the championship last year. I you're, think you always, Yeah, you're going with the tried and true, right? Yeah, I think you yeah. always have to give the defending champs the benefit of the doubt until they prove otherwise. Um, obviously, they got, got taken to seven games with Sacramento, but they still won the series. They pulled it out. Um, Andrew Wiggins... Obviously, he's not going to lock down LeBron James, but he's that's a tough matchup for LeBron, a young Andrew Wiggins that's playing really well. And then Anthony Davis, he's been hurt all year as well, and so is LeBron. So Golden State is healthy right now, so that's why I'm going to lean towards them a little bit. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's hard to bet against the Golden State Warriors. You know, they've won like four championships together. They have the same nucleus. You know, I think it took Andrew Wiggins like a couple games to get reintegrated with that team, but now they look like the team they were in the past. So I'd probably favor the Golden State Warriors in that series. Yeah, it's impressive what Wiggins has done to just step right back in the lineup after two months. So watch out for the Warriors. They got Steph Curry, one of the best players ever. Yes, sir. All righty, guys. So that'll do it for us. Reactions to the NBA first round of the playoffs. Thank you guys for watching and listening to us, and we'll see you in the next episode. Take care, guys.